think ye a certain man had two sons and he came to the first and said son go work today in my vineyard he instantly said I will not but afterwards he repented and went and he came to the second and said likewise and he answered I go sir but went not whither of them twain did the will of his father they say unto him the first Jesus said unto them verily I say unto you that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you for John came unto you in the way of righteousness and you believe not but the publicans and the harlots believed him and ye, when he had seen it, repented not afterwards that you might believe him. We're going to pray to Jesus. Heavenly Father, our God, Jesus Christ, thanking you one more time for this great gathering in your house. We're here to magnify you. Lord, not just to give you lip service, but heart service. Bless this service, I pray. Grant me the permission to speak on your behalf. In the name of Jesus, represent your cause. Speak to our hearts, I pray. Let there be true response to your word. And I shall give you all the praise and all the glory. Let the heavens rejoice over once and repented. In the name of Jesus, we give you the praise. God bless you. My title today is... Courteous, but not committed. Courteous, but not committed. You know, I have a brother, in fact, I have two brothers beside myself. And uh, my mother would talk to both of us at different times. But I noticed... Everything she would say to my brother, he would say, yes, ma'am. Very polite. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. But he ain't going to do anything he says yes to. But he's just polite. Yes, ma'am. I don't know if she believes him or not, but yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. He's just being polite. And... You know, there are people in the world that are just blatant, sacrilegious, anti-God, atheistic. You mention God to them, and they get very vile and vicious, blasphemous. And they'll tell you there is no God, and they'll give you all their atheistic, agnostic views, and pantheistic views, and polytheistic views, and they'll carry on. Total disrespect for God. In fact... In witnessing at doors, I noticed there are times when I have to back off because people were really blaspheming God when I mentioned him. And I realized the more I speak, the more blasphemous they were. And then there are other homes that are very courteous. They're nice. They say, oh, I believe in God. And, you know, I pray to God. They don't say which God they're talking about, but I believe in God. And I pray to God and but just don't name him. 
Don't name him. And really what they're doing is they're dismissing me. They're dismissing me in a way that kill every argument. The way they, uh, to kill an argument with an adversary is to agree with them. Once you agree, there's no argument. You've got to shut down. Us. There's nothing to discuss. And so one of the nice way of killing an argument is to agree. And so Jesus had his moments when he met people that came and gave him perfect lip service. They, they knew how to butter up Jesus. They knew how to get him all in a place where they could set him up for a fall or trap him in his words or trap him in his doctrine. For example, Nicodemus came to Jesus by night in the third chapter of John, and Nicodemus said, Sir, we know that you're from God. What a wonderful opening. What your message? You can't resist that. We know you're from God. And no man can do these things except God be with them. Now, he's buttering up Jesus. He's setting him up. He's a Pharisee. He doesn't mean nothing he's saying. But he's got to disarm Jesus because he's going to move in on him. And Jesus realized the ploy that <laughs> Nicodemus was just being courteous. But he belonged to a group that does not believe that Jesus is the Messiah. But he didn't want to be repugnant or nasty. So he came very nicely and politely and gave him all the, you know, the upfront accolades. That you are from God and we believe that. Because that's what Jesus would want you to think, right? That he's from God. And he's agreeing with Jesus. Jesus got right to the question and said, Now, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Well, I didn't even ask the question yet. And Jesus got right to the issue. But my point I want to make here, after the courtesy, then came Christ's prescription. I don't find any record in the Bible where Nicodemus did follow through on the new birth prescription. But he left there uncommitted. Uncommitted. Sound like he's for Jesus. Sound like he's on his side. But really what he did was he dismissed him. <laughs> and then Jesus knew what he was doing and said, look, you've got to be born again. And if you're not born again, you can't enter the kingdom of God. So Jesus didn't fall for it. But that's not the only time Christ fell in that situation, we find a young ruler ran to Jesus and notice the, the courtesy. Good master! What an opening. What an icebreaker. Good master! Everybody just think Christ is Beelzebub. Amen, a publican, a sinner, a wretch, and now is the right. No good. And here he comes. Good master! Well, surely Jesus is going to just hug them and kissed him and said, oh my, good to have you here. The Lord got to the point and said, take up the cross and, and follow me. All of a sudden, the courtesy went out the door. There are no record where he was committed to do what he heard. So really what they're doing is giving Christ a lip service. But they're not giving a heart commitment. And you know, many of us are fooled by people, even today, come and lip service you, 
because I want something from you. And many of us are gullible and fall for it, but not so with Jesus, the author of wisdom. Amen. I think of Zebedee's wife, you know, as she came to Jesus, and the Bible says she worshipped them. Wow. Isn't that something? She worshipped them. That's courteous. And she bowed to him, and she, she began to lift him up in the eyes of the crowd. And he said, okay, all right, thank you. Now, what do you want? Oh, I, I want the seat on the right and the left of you for my sons. Oh. Set him up. I want it for my sons. The courtesy has gone out the door. But Jesus knew that beyond the courtesy there's a trap. So he said, now, uh, the seats are reserved for people who will be baptized with the baptism that I'm going to get baptized with. And anybody who wants these seats after drink from the cup that I've got to drink from, there is no record where she agreed. In fact, when push came to shove, the sons of Zebedee did not stand up with Jesus. They deserted him and said we didn't know him. My point to you, church, is not everybody who's courteous towards your faith is going to be committed to your faith. Not everybody will give you a pleasing platitude towards what you believe, really believe what you believe. And many of us got fooled thinking that they, they believe, well, you know, well, well, we want that person, man, they, they are on our team. No, they're not on your team. They just dismissed you with a courtesy. Amen. And then we see that the list goes on and on and on. One time they, the Lord couldn't take it no more. said, hey, you people, why call me Lord, 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 Lord? That's a good thing to say. Better call him Beelzebub. Lordship is so that you, you dignify Christ. You, you glorify him. But if, if, will Jesus fall for that? Will he just fall for your verb edges? Or will he go for your heartfelt commitment? He said, you call me Lord, Lord. <laughs> but you're not going to do nothing I say. So really, I'm not your Lord at all. Because I'm not just going to be a Lord in just verbiages. Now, we've got churches today. You say, how big is your church? They say, 6 million, 5 million, 2,500. And all they're saying is just people who got their name on a register. But people don't even know the pastor's name. Don't even know the address of the church. Don't even know what the church believes. Don't even know how they got started. Absolutely know nothing about it. But they give a lip service that we belong. But really, they're not really, they're, they are very loosely attached by dotted lines. Amen. So why call me Lord? And then Isaiah put it this way, that they honored him, or they show him courtesy with their lips, but their heart is far from him. One of the hardest things to do in Mary is to win anybody to Christ. It's impossible. There's nobody in McMurray to be saved because everybody is saved. I have yet to meet one sinner. I don't know where any sinner is. There is none. There are no sinner in McMurray. There are no sinner in this church. There's no sinner where in your family. There's no sinner anywhere. Everybody is saved because the courteous thing to say is I'm a believer. I have accepted Christ. That killed discussion. That kill argument. That kill any <laughs> debate you're going to have. 
Because you can't debate with me. I've already got Christ. I accepted Christ. What more do you want? I've got him. But all of this is just a courtesy response. Can you say amen? And so the Bible knows that people that hear my sayings and doeth them, I liken them to a wise builder. Amen. If you really want to know <laughs> if the persons of the courtesy loving Christ are our commitment to Christ, look at the foundation. Because them that hear the saying of mine and doeth them, they got a rock type foundation. And those who, <laughs> who, who just have the courtesy in the response to me, look at it, it's sand. It's a sand that is all sand means something always shifting. Always shifting. Never in one direction. And so Jesus knew that these people are not really in love with him. And now he's telling the story about a situation. A man had two sons. Now you parents should understand this more than anybody else. All your children are not the same. No matter how hard you try. And I know you lie all the time and said you love them equally. You cannot love them equally. I just heard an argument right now. If there's every time I need a courtesy speak is now. Because I just opened a can of worm. You can't tell me I love this one. Oh, they, they know. They watch. They watch who got off the hook and who gets hooked up. They're not dumb. They can't tell who has the pocket book and who got the song book and who got the judgment book. They know who has what. They're not them. They watch how you shop. They watch who got which dress and which, which trousers, which suit. And they watch what color. Now, wise parents buy the same color for the same look. you know, And the same size, no matter how big they are, it's all there. It's the same size. <laughs> Kill all argument. But they're not dumb. They, they're going to tell you that. Oh, he loves that part more than me. I can tell you. How do you know? Well, I just know it. And parents say, oh, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I know them equally. He said, no, not so. Well, the man had two sons. He said, now, son, come here. First boy, come here. Come here. I want you to go to my vineyard and work for me. Now, church, this is where it's happening. This is where it's happening in religion today. I want you go and do this for me. Go out there and work. You know what he says? No. Can you imagine the eyebrow going up? Boy, I'm your dad. You know who you're talking to? I brought you here and I can send you back out. <laughs> well, he walked off and didn't do it. So down the road, he called the next son. Come here, second son. Come here, please. Yes, Dad, what do you want? I want you to go out there and work that garden and vineyard out there. Dad, anything you say. I'll do anything and everything. Your wish is my command. Just tell it to me. I'll, I'll do it all. Good boy, good. Go and do like Dad says. Hello? You know where I'm going? You know where I'm going? When the evening come, guess who did it? The one who said, I will not do it. And the one that said, I would, did not. 
Amen. And I want to focus on the one that says I would, but did not. I want to focus him for a little while here. It's hard to help a person who agree with you all the way when you're trying to straighten them out. You know, they will confess to their faults with you and kill an argument, but they will not change. They will sound like they're repented, but they're not converted. Hello? It act, they act like they're admitting their faults, but will not live out what they say. I mean, there's a conflict between what they're telling you and their performance. It's hard for you to help a person like that who profess but never possess. Who tell you yes, but live the life of a no. It's hard to help somebody who has a form of godliness, but deny all the workings and the power of godliness. And Jesus want to let you know that he can help somebody who is as blatantly rebellious, stinking, nasty, dirty, good-for-nothing harlot. Than somebody who's acting sanctimonious. Have need of nothing. Have it all made. And God said, I can't reach that person. Because they call me Lord, Lord, Lord. But really I'm not their Lord. I'm not their master. You look for remorse. But you see no genuine turn. It's hard. It's like an alcoholic. You can't convince him. Amen. That he's an alcoholic. Oh, I just have an occasional drink. And you know, every, every, every helper of an alcoholic always tells him, guy, we can't help you until you realize you got a problem. Oh, I don't have a problem. I just have a habit. And what the Lord is saying is lip service is not the same as repentance. He said, which of these two you think are going to be more justified before God? In other words, who can God help? You know, we can have service after service and nobody gets saved based on heaven's standard. Because nobody on earth feel they need to be saved. They feel they got it all. And they agree with everything that was said. I did all the messages. But in terms of conversion, they're not going to change. Well, I didn't kill anybody. I didn't rob anybody. I haven't done anything wrong. I, I work for my living, da, 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 da. And the Lord says, you know what? I can't help this person. I can't help this person. Because this person say, but they do not. Now, look at this here. They admit but still continue. Now, how can you ever help somebody who's always saying, yes, well, I, I know I got that problem. I know. Well, they kill the discussion. You can't go any further with them. You can't help them out of their dilemma. You can't turn them around because they are agreeing with you, but they're not going to change to show repentance. And the Lord is trying to bring out the message that the person who says, 
I will not. Well, then turn around and make the change. That person is a lot more justified in his sight than the guy who agrees with them but never make the change. You know, in relationship, people will tell each other, amen, well, you know, I, I mean this, and yes, you're right, you're right, you're right. And down the road, you feel they're going to change. But down the road, they do it again. And again. And then you have to argue. You can't say a word about it because you say, well, you did it again. Oh, yes, I know I did it. Ooh, I know I did it. But you did it again. Yes, I know. You wish to say, no, I didn't do it. She could argue with them. You know what I'm talking about? You know, this gentleman, this pastor had a daughter, his first daughter. And the mom is going to tell the dad what bad things she did. And so there's a strap they have that they spank her with, but it's time. And the dad coming from work, you know what the kid did? She jumped right up on the chair, pulled that strap down, ran to the door, meet her daddy, and took her daughter up like that, and said, beat daddy, beat me, beat me. What do you think he did? What do you think he did? Nothing. He could not do it. She neutralized him. <laughs> Because he didn't want his coming home be linked with punishment. And so she, psyched came out. Now, obviously, she's going to do for so, so long after what he catches on. Hello. But you see, God said, I hear you give me positive talk. But when you come to living, you have a negative lifestyle. Hello. You look good when you're talking to me. But when you come time, you're faking it. You're not genuine. And God said, look at these two sons. The harlot and the prostitute have no, have no confession of being holier than thou or righteous. They just know they're a bad bunch of people. They do bad stuff. And the Pharisee says, oh, you know what? I love God and I pay tithes down to da 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 And God said, you know what? They are going to be shut out because they are not committed in their life. Amen. This act of obedience. Oh, I'm going to obey you. I'm going to do what you say. But when it comes down to performing, it doesn't happen. Paul says, in my mind, it's to do good. But when it comes time to perform, I do bad stuff. And I finally have to agree. I am just nothing but a wretched man. <laughs> I'm not righteous. I'm just wretched. Who is going to deliver me from this spirit that's in me? What Paul is saying, I have in me, one guy says no, and one guy says yes. Who do I obey? Hello. And so the Bible says, no, Paul says, I've got in me a desire to do good, but to perform, I'm doing bad. And I will not be healed until... God can get to where I'm living when I will not just give him my lips but he has my heart he has my emotion not just my confession but my forsaken 
Not just by act of amen. Say, well, Lord, I'm going to do what you say. Then tomorrow I'll do something completely different. He said, I want commitment. I want commitment from you. In other words, those that receptive is hard to condemn a person who agrees with you. Hello. A court, a court case is over. The guy says, I'm guilty. They don't know how to do them. Hello. They can't help him because he says, I'm guilty. But really, it's not going to change. Because as soon as let him out, he's going right back to it. Let's worship God. Praise God. Now, I believe somebody here right now, God's saying your words contradict your performance. I was thinking last night when the person says, praise the Lord. Do they really mean it? Or is it just a courtesy greet? When you say, Hallelujah. Do you really mean it? Do you know how it really means? It means I give my entire being over to Jehovah. And it's not true. Because if I ask you to come to church early for a 3 o'clock prayer meeting, you're not going to come. If I ask you to come for practice at 7 in the morning, you just say, I can't come. Yet you say, I love him. Oh, I just love you. Like Peter, though all men forsake you, I will not forsake you. Hey, it's, it's courteous to say that. But when the time came, who forsook him? What did Peter do? I don't know the man. Peter never learned to go beyond just being courteous. Thomas said, let's go die with him in Jerusalem. And when the time came, what did he do? He disappeared. My point here is our words are betrayed by our action. I will go but he didn't go. Or I'm going to change but I have not changed. Sometimes you better have not saying a word. Just keep your mouth zipped and perform. Because actions speak louder than your words. I see you before I hear you. Amen. And you know, people will confess only to conceal deep-seated rebellion that's inside of them. And the only way the father is going to be pleased with the son if the son go out and perform. Now, what I hear from this, these two boys, what he said and what he did was two different things. What this other guy did and what he said was two different things. I prefer to be the first guy who said, I will not. Now, I think of my days in, in, for Pentecost. I used to find fault with church. I would say, you guys are crazy. I mean, somebody telling you, I want to cut your hair, what, what dress to wear, da, 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 da. I said, that's man-made. But here I am now calling it God-made. Hello. And then you got those in church who claim they're born again. I said, they're born again. And from day one, you can't get them to match up to anything required of them in this book. They just won't live it. One harsh thing to do is to preach to a sinner and a so-called saved person in the same congregation. Because I can preach to a sinner right now, and a sinner... Will, will, will strip themselves of their jewelry, the whole thing. I've seen it happen in the altar. 
I see them pull their ring off and cry and, and jump and shout and pull their earrings off and do all that stuff and pull the rest. And I've seen that. I've never seen a Christian professing do that. That's amazing. Now, you guys, I've not been to churches, but I've been to churches where I see them do this. In fact, in this church, we saw them do that. Pull them off and pulling them off and pull up their dresses like this. What happened? The one that said, I'm a raw sinner are sincere. The other one saying, Lord, 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 but not doing what the Lord demands of them. I think of the church in Laodicea. In chapter 3 of the book of Revelation, the Bible said, she said, I have need of nothing. In other words, you can't teach me nothing. You can't show me nothing I need to do. I have done it all. That's what the guy told Jesus. I have kept them, what? All. I want eternal life. The Lord said, really? He said, yep, I want eternal life. To keep the commandments. Well, Lord, I have done them all. In other words, there's nothing left for me to do. And the Lord said, oh, no, that's not true. I got something I'll tell you about. He said, what's that? Go sell all that you have. What God's saying, you can't serve mammon and serve Christ. Mammon means worldly goods. You can't serve worldliness and godliness. Because the two do not come together. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Amen. Than the Pharisees to get in the kingdom of God. Why? Because you see, the Pharisees said, I got either nothing. I pay tithes down to the very cunning. And this is Zacchaeus. Lord, if I, and you know he has, Lord, if I have, I'll give back a certain portion of what I took from them. Now, Zacchaeus went home, or was in his house, more justified than the Pharisees. Let me give you an example. Jesus Christ was invited to a home. And he went to his home, and he sat there, and the Bible says they, they ignored him completely. Nobody paid any courtesy visit or, or attention. But they invited him to sit. He sat. He waited. They offered him nothing to wash his feet. Nothing to, to, to take care of his hair, his hand. And then a girl walked to the party. She, she invited him. She walked right in there and says, I'm going to come to the party. And she went to the party. And she opened a box. And she took the box. And she poured on Jesus' head. Knelt right down and started to wash his feet with her tears. Listen to Simon. There is no way Jesus can be a prophet. He's not of God. If he was, he would have known that she is a whatever. Harlot. No good. Jesus knew what's going on. Now in this case, this was discourteous not to give him what he wanted. Or should have had. But she walked in there. She poured this on the Lord. And the Bible says they began to criticize her in their heart. And the Lord gave a little parable and said, Now, these two people are debtors. And this one here owes so much. And this one owes so much. And based on their understanding, their obligation of commitment, which one shows more love? They said, Well, 
the one that owed the most. He said, look, I came in your house, and you confessed to be a lover of God, sitting in the Moses seat. In fact, I've healed you of your leprosy. Now you're back home. And you showed me no courtesy, no commitment. This girl walked in this house, and she broke everything on me and gave it all to me. And I'm asking you right now, why do you think she did a waste? Why is this a waste? She did it because she recognized the obligation she has to one who has the power to have cast her into hell and leave her there to die lost, but turned around and forgave her sins, showed mercy in her. Now, she didn't come with the words, the Lord Jesus, I love you. Uh, oh, God, you're beautiful. You're handsome. Dad. She didn't do that. She showed her love by her action. Her action spoke louder than her words. And Jesus commended her. And that's what he's looking for in this place. He's looking for people that are committed to him, not just being courteous. Well, I love Jesus. Show it! Prove it! Well, you know, if you love your son, you won't treat him bad. If you love your wife, you're going to move mistreat her. If you love your cat, you will kick your cat. Hello? Hello? If you love the, the, the tree that you have as a fruit tree and expect fruit from it, you're going to take care of it. Is that right? But if you don't take care of your fruit tree, you can't expect fruit from it. And if you say you love God, then keep his commandments. I think what's going to bring about change in a person's life is don't talk as much as you spoke. Start acting. Start bringing fruit that prove that you have changed. Act out your conversion. Do this and live. You hear my saying? Build it that way. You hear my teaching? Follow it. And then I know, really know, that you mean what you're saying. Because I'm not going to listen to your words anymore. Because you're just talking pleasing platitude. You know, I'm going to say this here. That I have no case in mind. But I'm a counselor. And I, I study counseling. And they got cycles of abuse. You call it the honeymoon. And they go through a cycle. People do it not normally. And part of it is lip service. And hip service. <laughs> it goes through the whole thing. But one thing is never true. Is action. The action. Never reflect. What the words are saying. He said if you love me. Then don't betray me. If you love me. Then show it. If you love me. I want to see some action. Don't just talk about it. When I say praise the Lord, it's not a cliche. I mean what I'm saying. I mean give God the praise for what he does. When I say I'm going to worship God.
God, I'm there for who he is. Hello, somebody. When I say I'm a Christian, it means I've forsaken my own ways. It means I've made a change in my life. I'm not just talking nice to the please and shut you down. I'm telling you exactly what happened to my life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so the Bible wants to know which of these two sons did the will of the Father. I'm going to ask you right now. What God's asking of you right now is to do a simple thing. I want you to act out what you're saying. And they tell me the battered wife always is entrapped by the courtesy of an abusive husband. The words are so pleasing that she believes it. But it never shown in action. You call that conflicting signal. And before I close you down today, I want to tell you something here. A story is told about a, a man that had a signal given to him. And the red light should mean stop. And green should mean go. But because of the exposure to the ambient setting of the environment, red looks like green. At a critical moment when the signal is given, this fast-moving vehicle got confused and went through a red light. When I mean, it's a red light. It should be a, it should be a stop. Amen. Went right through it. It looked like a green light and was red. And it man got crashed the situation. Played, I mean, the train crashed. Before he died, they asked him, what, what, what's wrong? What happened to you? How did this happen to you? He said, I got the wrong signal. I got the wrong signal. They ask abusive wives, why do you stay in an abusive situation? Why do you allow this to happen to you over and over? Do you just love being abused? Or what's wrong with you? Really, what she's saying is, I'm getting mixed signal. It's the wrong signal. I read it wrong every time. I'm confusing stoplight with green light. And the Lord is saying, I'm not going to be confused. If you confess, I want to see change. If you really repent, I want to see you be converted. If you really admit what you're wrong, then live it. Show the change. If you really agree that you have a problem, then don't continue in that problem. But, oh, I accept Christ as my personal Savior. But God says, in works, they deny him. And he closes says, in the last days, a whole lot of us, I say us, are going to come to him and say, Lord, 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 Lord. And God said, I never knew you. Because that's a pleasing, courteous way to stand of addressing God. He said, you call me Lord and Master, but so I am, but not to everybody. I want to know right now, people listen to me right now, who's God talking to?
in this service. He's saying, son, son, you told me yes, but your yes means no. Ladies, listen to this. In marriage seminar, they tell this all the time. Ladies, it's for you to prove it otherwise. It says, when a woman say yes, it means no. And when she say no, it means yes. Figure that out. Figure that out. Well, that can cause a lot of conflict. The boy said, I will, professing, I will. But he was being deceitful. Amen. He was not being committed. He was being hypocritical, telling the dad that. He wanted to close dad down. When, when the time came for the performance, it was not there. The performance is not there. I think of other people lie at these altars. And love when I bless their babies. I will. I will. I will. It's a courteous response. I will. But in reality, they won't. And they don't. And I waited to watch that door. And I see none of them turn back up. And perform the oath they've taken. I'm not sure why it's so quiet. But the heat getting in. But I tell you, church, pretension and hypocritical and deceitful actions will never bring about change. Lasting change is when you say like Paul, Oh, wretched man that I am! I'm not going to lie my way through this one. I'm going to confess, Lord, I have need of thee. Would you bow your heads right now? Somebody, God is saying, repentance means change. Lord said, so the one that repents, he was more justified. He did the will of the Father. And he will survive to be the son of his father well chosen. Nicodemus never did obey the gospel. I have no record of it. Zebedee's son never did sit in those chairs when the cross came. The rich young ruler never did. Never did kept the thing he said he kept from his youth up. Because you see, it was a slip service. He flattered God. We can actually flatter God with our lips. We can flatter God. We can honor God. Just like you can flatter your wife. You can flatter your kids. Well, kids, daddy come back home drunk next week anymore. I promise you next week he's drunk again. Oh, wife, I just won't hit you again. And he hit her again. He lies. But she's always believing he's going to change. But it never happened. Because the battle of the two sons are struggling. You don't know which one to believe. Should I believe? It's hard to be a believer. The monkeys in England sing a song, I'm a believer. Or maybe we should sing, I'm a deceiver. God is talking to somebody in the service. You will never be converted and be healed until you make up in your mind. Stop giving lip service and come from your heart. Wouldn't it nice to hear a song saying, Son, you got a brand new daddy. Daughter, 
got a brand new mama. I don't go to those places I used to go anymore. Last night I met the friends I used to go with. I said, sorry, I don't go that way anymore. I am that son that says, I have repented. I've changed. My life has been rearranged. I'm not just being courteous. I'm being what I really want to be. Change. Who's God talking to right now? There's an altar right here. The song says, Fred Hudson, the song says, Son, you got a brand new daddy. Fred I was taken from the drunken pile in New York. And when he went home and told him for the last time, Tonight you got a brand new daddy. In a little old downtown New York, he walked in that Pentecostal church and made a change that was so radical. When he went home, they couldn't believe what they'd seen. They didn't hear the, cur the courtesy call. They saw a changed man, a changed woman, mm, a changed person. This man sat upon the horse, and even the horse looked back and said, Why aren't you spurring me? He said, yeah, I'm a changed man. Hallelujah. Even the horses knew when he was changed. He stopped spurring the horse. Mm. God's talking to somebody. I've been changed. I've been newborn. All my life has been rearranged. What a difference it made since the Lord came in my life. Ho, ho, ho. You know, folks always say, Pastor, you can go down to the pulpit and preach what folks tell them to preach. Get off that high horse. You're not that important. Let me spend all my night listening to somebody tell me what to preach about you. I believe God knows where we are. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I can tell you, people that are courteous just don't get saved. They're just too nice to get saved. But you know, people that know, I'm just an old wretched man. I need Jesus. God can deal with that. God can deal with a Samaritan woman. Hallelujah. He can deal with old boisterous Peter. Oh, get out of my boat. I'm a sinful man. Don't hang around here. That's pretty plain. He said, come on, I'll make you. I'll make you, fisher of men. I'll make you. Thank God when God makes you. I've been changed. I've been reborn. All my life has been. 